This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Uh, one forty the time as we go to the top of the hour will be uh, Gwen and Chris. They'll have you for a full four hours today. Full four hours for them. Hey, I want to congratulate Jonathan in San Diego. He is the winner of the Spiro's $50 gift card. Trevor Hoffman was born in Bellflower, California. So, Jonathan, uh, you're going to Spiro's, that $50 gift card, to Spiro's Mediterranean Cuisine. And reminder to everyone, family-owned Spiro's has been serving San Diegans for over 25 years on Coronado and now La Jolla. Visit Spiro'sCuisine.com for dining or takeout options. And, Braden told me Jonathan was pretty fired up. Been wanting to go to Spiro's for a while. Well, hey, make sure to tell the folks there the coach sent you. All right, we're going to head out to our hotline right now. We're joined by our buddy Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast, an Odyssey original featuring the most notable names in the MLB and all-around sports every week. Booney, how you doing on this Wednesday? What's going on, Coach? I'm doing well. Well, I'll tell you what, the Angels made some news here. Uh, we've uh, had reports of Ron Washington going to be the new skipper of the Halos after interviewing last night, and I don't know where that came from because he wasn't even on the radar until late yesterday afternoon. Well, I, I think Artie Moreno has, is a big part of that process in Anaheim. I heard that, that uh, Ronnie was getting an interview, but, yeah, I didn't expect the news to be this quick. You know, I was looking at a, maybe a Buck Showalter or something, but uh... – no, Ronnie, this is about his third go-around. Uh, the one thing about Ron Washington, and, and I've never played with, uh, you know, with a team or he was involved with, but he's one of those guys throughout baseball that all the guys that, that have spent time with him and have been a part of, of his teams always have a, a really uh, nice rapport with him. So I think he's a good guy, and uh, obviously Artie Marino thinks he's, he's going to lead the Halos. 
Well, we're sitting down here in San Diego, Booney. Uh, you know, we've been uh, sitting here uh, for about uh, five days now with a list of Mike Schilt, Ryan Flaherty, and Benji Gill. There's an outside chance the Padres may talk with David Ross, uh, now former manager of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, sort this Padres situation out for me. Well, I think I think the guys that had the inside track are Schilt and Flaherty. Just because they're familiar with the organization, they've been a part of the ball club. Schilt had had some success in St. Louis, well revered. I don't know either of the of the men personally, um, but this is the thing. You know, when the when the season ended, and we, uh, I think I came on the show on on your show, coach, and we talked about Bob Melvin staying. That shocked me because I saw with the opening uh, with Farhad being. In, in San Francisco, I thought right away Bob was going to go there. Come to find out, he did go there. We just waited a week or two. But uh, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Schilt and, and Flaherty. I think Phil Nevin had an interview yesterday. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. It's, you know, they. I think they started the process probably a week, week and a half ago. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting what this Padre team does, who moves, who does, does Soto stay. Does he go? You know, uh, it's going to be a lot of. In- it's going to be an interesting off season for these Padres. Brett Boone, our guest here on ninety-seven three, the fan. You brought up Phil Nevin, who I'm I'm just a big fan of, and you've known him since you were a kid. Okay, I, I said last week I want Phil to get another opportunity. I'm really not sure why they didn't bring him back in Anaheim. Even the the general manager came out and said, you know, this ain't Phil Nevin's fault. And I I totally agree. I think yeah, you know, we had three different guys, Booney on the show that covered the Angels religiously, and I mean, guys that have been around baseball a long time, they all thought Phil did an outstanding job considering all the injuries and all the the stuff that has to go on up there. And, you know, I want to see him get another job. I'm just not sure San Diego at this time is the right spot for Phil Nevin. Now, if he came in, I'd be tickled pink. But Phil Nevin's a good, solid, old-school baseball guy, and I just wonder how he would mix with this roster. I think Phil would be great anywhere you put him. You know, I've been a, you know, he's been a friend of mine since, I mean, we were, we played together in high school. But put that friendship aside. Phil Nevin, the man, Phil Nevin, the baseball man in a managerial capacity, he's as good as they come for me, coach. And it doesn't matter the team, the organization, old school, analytical. Phil's got a way about him. He's got a presence. He's passionate for the game. He's as knowledgeable as, as anybody I know. He's got a great demeanor. He's kind of out of that. You know, we both know Phil and and uh, his personality. But he's kind of out of the boach mold. You know, he's right. that old school. And But he's just got a great way about him. He's got a great demeanor. Players love him. Uh, he's, a, he's a man's man. He's... Uh, I said it at the top, he's passionate about the game of baseball, which is so important. He loves this game as much as anybody I know. And and from a knowledge standpoint, he really is. I talk to a lot of people, Coach, and, and there's I have, a, I have a short list of guys I can sit in a room and really talk the game at a high level with. Phil Nevin's on that list, and he always has been. He's bounced around quite a bit. I mean, he's had a great uh, – post-playing career as far as he's had some managerial he's had a lot of coaching jobs i'd love to see him get an opportunity with an organization stick and let him make a run of three or four years 
and then you can really grade somebody's body of work versus, you know, you're in for a little bit, you're out. I think it had, I think it was Artie Moreno. I don't think it had anything to do with the general manager in Anaheim. Uh, I think it's just Artie wanted a guy out, wanted something fresh. You know, the way they finished last year, the Angels didn't help Phil's case, but at the same time, it wasn't his fault. Your best player, Trout, goes down, and then late in the season, Shohei comes up with that injury, and he was out. And they had a real lackluster finish. Um, and I don't think that's his fault. I don't think any true baseball man would put that on Nevin's head and said the reason the Angels failed was because of him. They didn't have enough pitching. And you knew that from the beginning of the season. I don't care who's running the show. I, I heard your prior segment. The bottom line is, yes, a manager – can help a little bit, but how much of a factor really is it? It's about managing people. It's about getting your core group of players and whatever roster you have to work with to put them in the position individually to have as much success as they can. The great people, 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 person, people, they have the ability to do that because at the end of the day, when that national anthem ends, the, the manager in a big league dugout is really uh, – as far as his effect on the game, it's really minute. You know, you know, I love Phil Nevin. I want to see him have success. And I remember I was having lunch with my brother, Booney, uh, and, and Phil had managed the Orange County Flyers in that independent league for a couple of years. And we were having lunch, and there were a bunch of guys. They were having a going-away party uh, for him. Barry Axelrod, a bunch of guys. They were at a restaurant. And my brother and I were in there, and Phil walked over to our table, and it was kind of a going-away party when he first got his job with Detroit, uh, his first job with an organization. I said to him when he came over and I introduced him to my brother, I go, Phil, I go, as long as you keep yourself under control, I go, you're going to manage in the big leagues. I mean, I, I really believe in this guy. And, and I've seen the, the impact that Boach has had on him when he played here in San Diego. I remember the night he stepped in the halfway into Boach's office when George Arias got released and said, hey, Boach, give me a chance to play down there at third and I won't let you down. And, and that was the beginning of really a good, solid major league career after kind of bouncing around the guy has been to all he's been the number one pick in the country and he's been a guy that was looked at as a bust early in his career i mean he has seen everything in baseball my only concern with him getting the job or anybody is he going to be able to work with aj preller and that's kind of the the big question right now because nobody seems to be able to work with aj that's managed this ball club well, I don't know AJ on a personal level, but I, I think you make a great point. You know, it, it's been brought up in the last couple of weeks. I've had, you know, several uh, programs I've been on. The big talk is Boach and winning another World Series, and huh. pretty awesome. But I think the key to Bruce Bochy coming back and winning, yes, Bruce is a, is a great manager. He he's definitely has he's a he's one of those guys that is a difference maker when there isn't that many difference makers. But I think when he assessed his situation, he stepped away from the game for a few years. Texas came a calling. Who was the general manager in Texas? Was was a kid that that played for him. They were on the stage. When I, and I'm talking about young. Uh, they're on the same page. He has the utmost respect respect for Bruce Bochy. They knew what it was like coming in. Boach knew he had Seager, Simeon, a Garcia that was becoming a great player. He knew what that offense looked like. He saw the, the acquisition of a DeGrom and a, uh, and an Evaldi at the beginning of the year. And Boach had the foresight to say, this team's going to be good. Also, throughout the course of the season, I think Chris Young and him were on the same page so much that when Boach needed something, Chris was going to go get 
sudden DeGrom goes down at the trading deadline, you bring in a Max Scherzer and, and a Montgomery, who, who were big keys to their run down the stretch. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think you cheapen that relationship. I think it's the most important relationship when managing uh, is being on the same page with your general manager, being in the same in the same foxhole. And, and uh, you're right. I don't know A.J. Preller, but it's it, if you want to have success, this game is so hard, it's so fickle, if you want to have success, you've, success, you've got to have that cohesiveness between that manager and that general manager, manager, and just be on the same page at all times. And then, even even then, in a perfect storm, the chances of you winning a World Series are still minute. Uh-huh. But if you have that, you've got a leg up on on most of the organizations. Hey, uh, I got to ask you this. I was thinking about this this morning. I mean, you love the game like I do. I mean, you played at the highest level. You're an all-star. You won gold gloves, all that good stuff. You, you came up in a baseball family. Your brother's managing the Yankees, your dad, all the things he accomplished in the big leagues. At this time, with the general manager's meetings, the winter meetings that I know you attended, do you kind of get the itch to want to get back into a uni or get back with an organization, even though you're doing well with uh, the podcasts and, and everything? Thing you're doing in your life yeah you know coach I, I started you know a few years ago I, I kind of was sitting around and kind of you know figuring out life and all of a sudden I thought this is this is what I'm meant to do uh, I've grown up in the game uh, I've got a lot to offer the game I started out on the media side I, I am not going to negate the, the the chance of me being back on the field one day I look at myself probably as a manager um and with all this talk, you know, the more I get into it and back into the game and falling on a weekly basis and doing shows, uh, it, it, I get a little bit of the itch. I really do. And I think, you know what? I know I'd be really good at this. And, but you, it, it, there's a process. There's, there's getting your name talked about. There's getting interviews and, and, uh, getting into that kind of inner circle where when a managerial, uh, vacancy comes up your name is mentioned you get into the interview room you see you show them what you got and your your perspective how you look at the game how you would run the game i think i'd be really good at this and and i'm not going to rule out that in the near future uh start throwing my throwing my hat in the ring uh to maybe do something like this going forward uh, i won't rule anything out right now i'm enjoying my life i'm enjoying my kids my daughter's getting married Friday. It's kind of hitting me now. Like, wow, she's really doing this. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely see myself in the future possibly going back onto that field. And, and, uh, yeah, cause I miss it. it it's fun covering the game. It's fun being an analyst and breaking it down. But, uh, I think I, the most I have to give back to this game is probably on the field. And one day you might see me down there. We'll see. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you the question, because I know uh, a number of years ago, the winter meetings come, I always got a little uh, little excited, because this is the time of year, man, they're, they're looking for, for new blood in, into organizations, and then I just thought I'd ask you that question. Hey, I'll let you go. Uh, thanks so much, and we'll see what the Padres end up doing. You got it, Coach. Thanks. Uh, there you go. Uh, that was Brett Boone, uh, our buddy, a host of the Brett Boone podcast and Odyssey Original. Make sure to follow Brett Boone's podcast on the Odyssey app or make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Well, Braden, I'll tell you what, uh, the Angels uh, kind of shocked me. Not that they, uh, uh, I guess they shocked me that they hired Ron Washington, but I'm kind of shocked how quickly they 
they hired him. Uh, we had just heard yesterday afternoon they were going to interview him uh, at some point last night, and I stayed up till about 11.30, and I didn't get any reports, uh, so they may have been talking into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, but now apparently he's going to be the new skipper, and we're still sitting here in San Diego wondering who our guy's going to be. Uh, it's two organizations now, Coach, that have quickly hired managers. The Cubs obviously almost seem like they did it overnight with Craig Cancel. Now with Ron Washington on the move, teams are making decisions quickly, and Padres still kind of waiting around still, Coach. Yeah, uh, Joe Espada is supposed to, to get an interview. Uh, you know, he'd been the bench coach there in Houston for six years. He's supposed to get an interview with Houston. Boy, that's sure nice of the Astros to interview their own bench coach, isn't it? Yeah, it is nice before he becomes the manager of the maybe the rival or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, some of these organizations, how they, they go about things are, are kind of odd. I thought it was interesting. We saw Stephen Vogt uh, getting that job in Cleveland. In the article that I read, they started with uh, over 45 candidates. <laughs> That's a list right there. They posted on... Uh... On Indeed or something like that? I don't know, but it said they had over 45 candidates they initially were looking at. Yeah, that's a, they got to cut through that list quickly, Coach. All right, Braden, a good job today, man. A lot of fun, a lot of good calls today, a lot of good giveaways, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to it. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, we've got a big uh, big Thursday plan tomorrow, our usuals, and uh, we got a couple of other phone calls out uh, for Braden Serpent and Coach John Contreras. Have a great afternoon, everyone. We'll talk to you bright and early tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Gwen and Chris are coming up next. Bye-bye.